Welcome to the Gen Z Today podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Whitmer, founder and CEO of the How to Life movement. On Gen Z Today, we discuss practical ways you can boldly live and lead for Christ. Find out how you can have confident hope and make a difference for Jesus, especially when it comes to the Great Commission. Welcome to Gen Z Today. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Gen Z Today podcast. And I'm so glad that you're here and that you're tuning in to this conversation where uh, two times every month we come together and we have a conversation about what it means to live and lead for Jesus as members of Generation Z. For so many of us, we we want to live for the Lord. Uh, Jesus has changed our life, uh, but we are trying to figure out how do we live for the Lord? How do we live that life and uh, and pursue him and grow in our relationship with God and and then through that how we make a difference uh, because so many of us we want to make a difference uh, but we just don't know how or where to get started or what that exactly looks like and and I've got an amazing guest with me here uh, this week that I've known for a little over a year now uh, and uh, I'm really really excited for you all to meet him uh, you uh, might know him from uh, TikTok or social media, uh, but uh, or uh, you may know him for uh, other various reasons. But I'm excited that uh, you guys are going to get a chance to hear from Nathan Belsley today. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing great, Jordan. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you uh, on the podcast on Gen Z today. I've had a lot of our mutual friends on the podcast in the past, and uh, it's good to have you on here. You go to uh, where do you go to college? I go to Wheaton College. I'm a sophomore there. Yes, uh, we love Wheaton. Uh, I live in Wheaton. Uh, so uh, Nathan uh, and who you heard last week or last last episode, Douglas, uh, they are uh, Wheaton students. And so we've now had two Wheaton students on the podcast with Nathan uh, being on here. And uh, and that's fun. And uh, my parents went to Wheaton. My grandparents went to Wheaton. I have a big connection to Wheaton. And so we love Wheaton. Go Wheaton Thunder. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a place to get a good, highly academic Christian education, uh, Wheaton is a very good place and you can learn the Bible and connect with a really good community. And uh, do you recommend Wheaton for people thinking about it? I do. Um, I specifically know that the Lord has called me into full-time Christian ministry. Yeah. And Wheaton has helped me a lot, both financially and overall in terms of how I've grown. Um, that was one of the main reasons for me being able to go to Wheaton is that Wheaton is very intentional in how they aid their students financially. Yeah. And as a missionary kid, I don't have a lot of money. And so yeah, yeah. Wheaton really provided in terms of that. And I'm so thankful for um, the way that they seek to form their community as well in the way that they've kind of caught me up in that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have some really, really good friends there. Well, that's really encouraging, Nathan. And and yeah, I know there's some amazing community there and and then the Lord is usually always at work in different ways through through the Wheaton uh, school. And uh, so Nathan, we met uh, it's almost a year ago, a little over a year ago as of this recording uh, at How to Life Chicago, uh, which was uh, put on in uh, Elk Grove Village, Illinois. We had an event uh, back in October of uh, 2021 and uh, people came out from kind of around the suburbs and a couple came in from the city and, uh, and, it, and it was a night, it was a good event. It was powerful. The Lord really moved. And, uh, and I met you there. What do you remember about that event? 
Yeah, um, I think that event was one of the, it was the first How to Do Life event I had ever been to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect because um, I had just moved from overseas. It was still my first semester of college. And that was the first time I had met a lot of the people there. And so I remember the worship. I um, was really moved by the heart of the worship leaders there. I remember that. I remember um, two of my friends, Bryce and Niti speaking. Um, I remember Jordan, you also spoke there. Um, I don't remember if anyone else spoke. Um, I remember... I remember cutting my hand open after. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us how this happened. Please don't get into graphic details, but I first remember Nathan, not for good reasons, but because I got a phone call that evening. Nathan was hanging out at one of the homes of one of the out of life leaders from the event with some of the others afterward. I was not there for whatever reason. And, uh, and I got this hall saying, Nathan, this call, uh, <laughs> Thing. Nathan sliced his hand open and can you explain what happened and without too much detail? Yeah. Um, from what I remember, we were in our friend's living room and one of my friends, Bryce was some, I don't remember for what reason, but he got us like a knife from the kitchen, like a, like a serrated like knife. Oh, like, no. the kind of, like it looks like you use it for cutting bread, but it was like, it was massive. And for some reason, I don't really know why, um, he was just throwing it up and flipping it and catching it. And I saw him and I was like, I'm not going to let you do that by yourself. And I was pretty confident in my <laughs> oh, knife no. ability. I don't know why. I've like never thrown knives in my life. And I was like, I was pretty confident though. And it was going okay. It was going okay for like five minutes and we were flipping it. Uh, Actually, less than that. It was like maybe a, like a, maybe like two minutes. And then he was flipping. Then I flipped. I flipped once and I caught it. He flipped twice. Then he caught it. And then I think I caught it twice and then I, I dropped it. And then I tried to do it again and I realized I wasn't going to catch it. Tried to catch it, missed, and the blade just, just straight through my finger. Yeah. And I didn't lose my finger. I came pretty close. Um, but I just remember having to go to the emergency room. I like, there was like, there was blood everywhere. That's, that's, that's the way yeah, I describe yeah. it. I should have given a trigger warning before yeah. this, but you know, <laughs> hey, if you made it this far, thanks for... Yeah, for listening, but um, but yeah. So I remember you as the kid who cut his hand open and was <laughs> being very silly. I'm like, oh no, I feel so bad. I'm like, oh no, he's like he's just starting off at Wheaton, and that's a rude way to begin your fall semester. But I, I tell people when I explain this story, I'm like Jacob Peterson. I know was one of the guys who was there with you all, and most people know him as a as a Christian TikToker. Yeah, but he has had some medical training and uh, uh, when he's been at school and he got to put that medical training to work and he helped save your finger. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he and, and all the others who were there just kind of like stepped into action. like, all right, this is what you need to do. We're going to get you to the emergency room. And and uh, so I, I commend them for being really stable in that crisis. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. We were... um. I remember like being kind of in shock and then Jacob just kind of getting something, wrapping my hand up and kind of throwing me in a car and saying, we got to go to the ER. He looked at it. He was like, yep, you got to get stitches. We just ran to the ER. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Well, smart move on Jacob's part. And we've yeah. interviewed him on the podcast before too, but that was before this incident happened. So, yeah. uh, so, so now when people come to how to life things, I, I have to remind people of like, 
uh, don't throw knives. And people are like, what? There you go. I'm like, well, you'd be surprised. But we had a kid who uh, was like, ooh. One kid was like, I'm a professional knife thrower. And uh, another kid was like, let me try. <laughs> and, <laughs> and but but besides that, like you're a very responsible person, Nathan. And and I'm sure that was just a moment of, right, of right. stuff. And, and I, I can, it makes sense. <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so fun stuff. But then more recently, uh, we, again, I live in Wheaton now and last, uh, it's actually last weekend as of this recording, but that's uh, when you're hearing it, it will have been a few weeks ago at this point. Uh, we had a, uh, we had a how to life leadership retreat here in, uh, in Wheaton. We had 25 students from 11 States and three countries come in and Nathan, you got to speak and you got to share uh, some of your heart and in uh, a message uh, uh, on the Friday evening of this retreat, and tell us a little bit. What did you think of the retreat and kind of the kids coming in, and and just kind of any of your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I was actually not able to be as much a part of the retreat as I would have liked, um, just because I had some health issues during that weekend. Um, I'm really thankful that I was able to meet a lot of them. Um, when I walked first, walked into the room at the church we were staying at. I immediately just was very much reminded of how I was like probably about a year ago when I first started meeting everybody. And it very much reminded me of that kind of environment where everyone is um, very much in love with Jesus, has been impacted by the Lord very deeply um, and they want to do something about it. And this is like, and they're kind of like mind blown by just the community that comes Mm. through um, the love of God and just loving other people well. Um, and I was just very much struck by that. And so it reminded me a lot of me a year ago, which is a really good thing. Um, I was very much moved by uh, the childlike faith that a lot of those a lot of those people had, even though they're mm-hmm. not that much younger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Um, but yeah, I was very much moved by a lot of the childlike faith they had as well as, um, uh, I love being led in worship by my friend Daniel, and I appreciate Daniel mm. very deeply. Um, and if you're listening to this, Daniel, I love you a lot. Um, yes, but, we love you, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very, I loved it a lot. That's awesome, Nathan. And very glad you were able to to be a part of it and in the ways that you were. And, and uh, yeah, we had a few Wheaton students that were able to kind of be involved uh, over uh, the weekend, which was fun. And, uh, and yeah. And well, Nathan, I want to kind of jump into kind of the, the next segment. And I, I always ask my podcast guests to share a little bit about their story yeah, uh, their story with Jesus, and uh, uh, I'd love to hear from you, Nathan. Kind of, what's your story? What's your journey? Uh, how did you get here? Uh, and what is the difference that Jesus has made in your life? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm 19 now, um, and Jesus saved me when I was 15. I grew up in a Christian home. Both of my parents are believers. Um, my entire immediate extended family are believers. So my parents, their siblings, their kids, and both sets of my grandparents are all believers. So I have grown up with a very much, um, with a very rich theological heritage from both sides of my family. Um, my parents have served overseas for my entire life. Um, and so I grew up in a Christian home. It's kind of like being a, a pastor's kid on steroids. That's what I would kind of <laughs> be a missionary kid to. Um, but I never understood the gospel really until I was 15. Um, and I 
would, a lot of times when I was younger, I understood that reading my Bible was important, that prayer was important just because I had heard it in church so many times. I never really understood why. Um, and I would see my dad doing his quiet time every morning. He would get up early. Um, and that's something that I've seen my whole life. I never really understood why. And I would do a Bible study every, every once in a while to make myself feel better um, just about not spending time with God. And I, I didn't even understand it as spending time with God necessarily. I understood it as just simply reading the Bible um, to mm. be better and to grow and pray just because that's what you're supposed to do. And I was homeschooled until ninth grade and I was able to go to an international school um, starting in ninth grade. But that being out from under my parents' wings really just um, opened the door for a lot of deception um, and patterns of addiction to enter my life. And I was very much bound in chains by both of those things. And they really left me broken in a lot of ways. And it felt like I was living a double life. Um, because on one side of the coin, I was a good church kid who was part of the youth group. I was actually a youth group leader um, at one point. And I got straight A's and that was it. And I had a decent relationship with my family. Um, never, I never loved my family. Like before I loved Jesus, um, I had an interesting relationship with my family. was not great still. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, I um, was very much broken by my sin. And I had tried to free myself from it so many times that I actually came to a very misguided conclusion. Um, and I concluded that because I couldn't free myself from my sin, God must not want me to be free, me to be free from my sin. Um, and I actually believed that I was going to hell and there's nothing I could do about it. Um, and that was one of the most scary times in my life um, because I was very much caught up in a lot of misguided theological conceptions about who God was. And I actually got the opportunity to go to a missions trip in Costa Rica for the wrong reasons, not to share the gospel with people, but mainly to make some new friends and like um, go to a new country and all of that. And the Lord met me at a training camp in Wisconsin before the mission trip and a guy named Louis Inks. Um, from Marine Ministries, um, spoke and he just talked about the prodigal son. And he actually played a clip from The Lion King about the son um, talking to the father. The like, and it sounds kind of cheesy, but that deeply impacted me in a way that I've that I had never felt before. And I actually remember just going and lying down in my tent and talking to God, and Him just speaking to my heart that He loved me and that I was actually loved. Because up until that point in my life, all of my all of the restlessness in my heart was rooted in this belief that I was unworthy of love. And for the first time in my life, when God spoke to me that night, I actually understood that he did love me. And that was when the full weight of the gospel transformed my heart for the first time. Um, and yeah, since then, I Jesus has just shattered my chains of deception and addiction. And I have never felt more free than walking with Jesus. Life has never been sweeter and better and more fulfilling than walking with Jesus and having him as my best friend. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing, Nathan. I, I think your story is powerful and for, for so many of us. And like, I also, I grew up in a Christian family with ministry and missions as a, as a high, high, high priority. And, but I mean, I know how for each of us, we've got to make those choices early on about following Jesus and, and, and understanding uh, the gospel, but also exactly what you shared about. I mean, so many of us, I think, can think when we're in the valley, like, does God love me? And uh, am I really saved? I know that's a question a lot of 
that people ask. But when we truly encounter God's love in our life and know how truly his love is unconditional and he loves us no matter uh, no matter how much we sin and how far we uh, stray from him. Now, God doesn't love our sin at all, uh, but he loves us and uh, he will never not love us. And uh, I think it's awesome for us to be able to just understand that and to know uh, that uh, that uh, we will fall short. I mean, this side of eternity, there will there still is sin and uh, we are freed from sin in the sense of our eternity. Uh, there will still be times where we get knocked down. And I think I've heard it described in the past, like a, a big difference between someone who's not a believer and someone who is, is someone who is a believer when they, when they sin and when they fall short, they're going to regret it. And they're going to sense the Holy spirit in their life and be like, I really need to stop doing these things. And it, it's in a sense that that conviction is there and is very strong. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and it, in essence, shows that that's not the norm. And we truly are a new creation in Christ. And, and it's it's definitely very powerful to talk about. And um, but but yeah, Nathan, I want to hear a little more kind of on our on our theme for today. Now we're talking about authentic prayer. Yeah, I know you've been passionate about prayer lately, uh, and uh, I'm passionate about prayer as well. I hope all of us are passionate about prayer, and I think all of us can become more passionate about prayer. Uh, authentic prayer and in communing with the Lord. Can you share with us just some of the, I know you've got a scripture passage pulled up and just kind of some of your heart on this conversation of, of, of what it means to, uh, to, to live a life of authentic prayer. Yeah. Um, recently the Holy Spirit has been really convicting me about the way that I pray um, and bringing me back to the heart of prayer and the heart of the father um, concerning prayer. And I've been convicted a lot recently of how often I pray just to pray, how often I repeat the same phrases and words, just because I might not say it, but I might subconsciously believe that when I say certain phrases or words and I say them day by day, those are magic keys that are going to unlock the door for God to give me what I'm asking. And I've been convicted very much recently that my relationship with God is a friendship. And if I truly believe that, then I'm going to speak to God as I would a friend. Obviously, I'm going, I, I want to fear God more and more. But there is an intimacy of prayer that is necessary when we talk to God. Mm. Because He knows us better than we know ourselves. He Actually, there's a lyric from a song that I really love. He's closer to us than our own skin. Mm. And if we actually believe that, then we're going to talk to God like we would a friend talking about the things that are hard in our life, talking about the things that are good in our life. And obviously there's a lot that goes into prayer more than that, like repentance and confession and talking to God just about how um, we want to surrender to him and all of that. But I've been, yeah, just to sum it all up, there's a necessity for being open to the God and not pretending to be someone we're not when we talk to him. So that's been on my heart a lot recently. That's so good, Nathan, I think. I totally agree when it comes to prayer it we we need to it, it it is a genuine relationship we're not just going about this in the sense of oh I'm going to pray some magic words and and things will happen and uh, and I mean on the one hand God does ask us to pray to him and ask him for things and for for stuff but yeah. also it's it's this unique relationship where we are praying we're seeking after the lord and and uh desiring to become more like him and then as we become more like him we then pray things that are more in line with his will mm -hmm. and uh 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not about, hey, I want to pray and get the things that I want, especially in our Western society. It's like, oh, I want a nice, comfortable life and pray for all these things. And yeah. that might be very far from God's will and plan and desires for us. And, and uh, but I think seeking after the Lord and his will uh, is uh, is huge and and vital for us as as we're pursuing uh, this relationship with the Lord and and seeking to truly abide in Christ with our life. I know we're called to abide in Him, and uh, I think it's huge. And and it truly is just an ongoing conversation. I like the people who describe it as it's like you prayer is like having God on the phone and. Uh, the line is never disconnected. You're always on the phone. Now, you might not always be at every waking moment talking to him on the phone, but he's there, he's on the line, and it's just an ongoing like, hey, I'm there, or God's there, and uh, picking up that phone and, and talking to him. And but yeah, I'd love to hear more kind of your thoughts on all this. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and I love that. And recently, as I've just tried to rediscover what it means to actually pray to God and talk to him as a friend, I've realized how much more I love praying, like how much mm. more I actually like love talking to God. And as I talk to God as I would my best friend, because actually he is my best friend, but I just love it so much more. It becomes something that I love doing rather than something that I have to force, like try and muster up the willpower to do. And one thing that's really impacted me lately is I'm a major fan of a guy named John Mark Comer. And if you don't know who he Mm -hmm. is, um, he was the teaching pastor at a church called Bridgetown in Portland, Oregon. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he has a lot of teaching um, in his church and their current head pastor, Tyler Staten, have a lot of teaching that's really impacted me. Um, And their church is actually doing a practice of rhythmic prayer, prayer three times a day, much in the practice of um, the ancient Israelites. And they would pray morning, noon, and night. And that's much of what you would see in the church in Acts. Um, prayer that united their community in their pursuit of following Jesus. And mm. I have, they, they, the way that they try to structure their prayer is they try to give their prayer some structure. So in the morning, they, um, they structure their prayer around the Lord's prayer. It's not just you pray the Lord's prayer mm. and that's it, but you structure that it around the Lord's prayer because praying scripture is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and praying scripture to use a phrase that I've heard a lot, it, Praying scripture makes our souls and our hearts and our entire beings a resting place for God. God delights Mm. to dwell in us when our lives and our prayers are saturated by the word. Mm. And so using the Lord's prayer as a structure around which we pray is very powerful. Um, In the afternoon, praying for the lost and praying for hearts to be transformed, praying for the Holy Spirit to move, um, whether that's for um, a friend, a family member, um, a town or city, a college, a, a country, or even the world in general. Um, and then in the night, um, structuring a prayer around gratitude, um, and being thankful for all the Lord that the, all the Lord has given you, all that he is doing, all that he will do. And that, those rhythms of prayer have completely transformed my prayer with the Lord in the past few weeks. Even I, um, rather than putting my headphones and walking somewhere, I'm like, no, I want to talk to God because I love it so much. Mm. And it's like, it's like you said, rather than it being a few times a day where I, um, I disconnect the phone with God and then I pick it up again. I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready to talk now. It's like the phone is always there. Yeah. It's like, I always have the voice of the Holy Spirit there in my ear. And I understand more and more in my soul that God is there. He is listening to me, talk to him. 
Mm-hmm. That's good, Nathan. I I think uh, this pursuit of being intentional with prayer in our lives is is huge. One way that a uh, a ministry mentor of mine has described it he's like you need to get momentum through prayer like especially when like you're in ministry and you're building big jesus projects and things it um is huge and so important for us to get momentum in prayer basically meaning the more you pray the more you get even more momentum and the more their spiritual power i've heard the people have described it as uh like Lots of prayer leads to lots of impact. Little prayer leads to little impact. No prayer leads to no impact. There's just things like that that are, I think, very true. And on the one hand, it's like, oh, is that a, I mean, God can still work. It's like, yeah, but there, anytime there's a major move of God in history, and so many people, like we often are like, we need revival. We want revival. And well, revival starts with prayer, prayer and repentance. It it all, it all comes together and yeah, and and normally when we are praying, prayer leads us to uh, more than just uh, just 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 the prayer in and of itself. It it off it is a it is very connected to our own lives and and us changing and us growing and being molded to becoming more like Him. God uses prayer as a tool even in our own lives, and uh, and it helps us. It leads us to repentance. It's kind of like shining a mirror uh, or looking in the mirror and like, oh wow, and that comes from or Scripture is the mirror and. Through prayer and or through scripture and through prayer, we see things in our own life. Oh, I should change that, and and it helps us in that sanctification process, becoming more like Jesus, and uh, and then, but then having prayer as as such a an anchor and foundation for our life is vital for for our life in in serving Jesus. No matter what our path is, whether whether we are in full-time ministry and missions work or whether you're in the marketplace and uh, or you're everyone in a sense is in ministry and, and missions yeah. with their life, just cleverly disguised sometimes in the marketplace or different things. But no matter what it is uh, that we're, we're doing, being constantly communing with the Lord is huge. It's a key part of the Great Commission. And I love how even in Matthew, when Jesus gives the Great Commission, he says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you to the end of the age. It just shows that Jesus is with us, and our life of serving Jesus is uh, so connected to being with Jesus, and and that's where prayer is is just vital. Yeah, um, and to kind of bounce off of that a little bit, a lot of it hinges on kind of what you said. Um little prayer leads to little impact, and a lot of prayer leads to a lot of impact. Yeah, yeah. And part of that hinges on when we pray, we actually believe what we say. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I've heard, I've read this a lot. Why that? Why would God answer a prayer that we don't actually believe He's going to answer? Mm. Um, and that's been something in my heart as well. That when we pray, it is so necessary that we actually believe that our prayers matter. Mm. Because I think for a lot of my life, I've believed that my prayers kind of just go up to the sky and kind of disappear into nothingness. And sometimes mm. God hears them, and sometimes He chooses to answer sometimes he doesn't but the reality is that god hears all of them and that my prayers actually matter to god Mm. my prayers have impact they they move god's heart in a way because god is a good father he loves to give good gifts to his children Mm. he loves to answer our prayers um and obviously there needs to be a right heart behind them but 
praying with a heart that believes that God is going to do as he says, that he's going to continue holding true to his promises as he's always done, is also such an important part of praying so that we may know the heart of the Father better. Wow, wow. Well, this has been amazing, Nathan, having you on the podcast here. And, yeah. and as we're wrapping up, uh, could you, uh, two final things. Number one, can you just share kind of your final, yeah, uh, first, first, first thing is just like your final 60 seconds for someone. If they're like, I'm struggling with prayer, how can I have a more authentic prayer life? What's kind of a final action step challenge that you would give someone who's trying to figure this out? Yeah. Um, off the bat, I would say when you pray, ask the Lord to give you a heart for prayer. Mm. Ask the Lord to give you a hunger for his word. Ask the Lord for that because I don't know why the Lord would not love to give his children, his sons and daughters, his, his bride, a delight in prayer, a delight in talking to him. So that's what I would say off the bat. Ask the Lord to give you that. Ask the Holy Spirit to mm. transform your heart and move you to love spending time with him more and more. That's awesome, Nathan. This has been amazing. And, uh, and to kind of conclude this conversation about authentic prayer, I'd like to ask you to pray an authentic prayer uh, to kind of conclude this time. And uh, could you just pray maybe specifically about what you just mentioned, maybe pray for the people who are listening, who are maybe they're struggling with figuring out how to have a lifestyle of prayer. Can you pray for the listener that they, uh, be challenged and, uh, and, and, and gain that heart for authentic prayer? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I'll pray real quick. Um, King Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be on this podcast. I just want to pray for those listening um, in whatever ways they are struggling, in whatever ways they are not struggling. Father, I pray that you would move their hearts, Holy Spirit, that you would move their hearts and create in them a deep desire to know you, a deep desire to know you more and more as their best friend. Father, I pray that if they have strayed from you, that they would run back to your heart, that they would rediscover what it means for you to be their best friend. Father, I pray that they would root their lives in prayer, not around school, not around whatever else is important in their life, Father, but that their life would be rooted in you and knowing you more and more, and that you would be the number one thing on their hearts and their minds, that you'd be the first thing on their minds in the morning and the last thing on their minds as they go to bed, Father. I pray that they would find rest in your presence as they spend time talking with you, Father, and reading your word. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Nathan, this has been awesome having you on Gen Z today. If someone yeah. wants to stay in touch with you or keep up with stuff that you put out there, what where can they find you on the social media things? Yeah. Um, I'm not very consistent in posting right now. Um, I have not been putting out content consistently for a while, but on Instagram, I'm probably the most consistent. Um, that's my handle is NJ Bowsley. Um, my TikTok is Hey, it's Nathan. Um, I've done some podcasts with Colin Ellis, uh, the Piecing It Back Together podcast. Mm. Um, and I'm on this podcast as well. And I'm probably going to really sing more content on Instagram and TikTok coming up pretty soon. So amazing amazing we'll make sure to tune into everything that nathan's got out there so that you guys can be encouraged and and challenged uh, by by just everything that the lord's speaking through him it's it's so encouraging and and uh, if you've uh, this is your first time tuning into gen z today welcome uh, we want to invite you to listen to more episodes we've got a lot of other amazing episodes uh, with incredible guests from all over the world uh some from the u.s some from canada some from england some from mexico and <laughs> 
places all over, which is r- so amazing. And uh, I want to invite you guys to listen to those other conversations and and uh, uh, and if uh, make sure to follow How to Life Movement on social media if you're interested in staying connected. We'd love to help you maybe plan a How to Life Movement event in your community. If you are like, hey, I want to do something to reach my friends, and I'm like 17 years old, how can I do this? Reach out to us. We'd love to help you. And uh, you can reach out to How to Life Movement. You can reach out to the podcast page, Gen Z Today Podcast. You can message me. I'm just at Jordan Whitmer. And uh, either way, we are so glad that you're listening and and, and want to uh, support you and champion each of you that are tuning in uh, in your walk with the Lord. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks, Nathan, for being on uh, yeah, the podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I invite you to subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends about the Gen Z Today podcast. Tune in each Wednesday for a brand new episode. On Instagram, you can follow at Gen Z Today podcast, as well as my page at Jordan Whitmer. Gen Z Today is sponsored by How to Life Movement, with a mission to reach, disciple, and mobilize Gen Z young people for Christ. Gen Z Today and How to Life Movement are made possible because of the generous financial partnership of friends like you. To find out more, visit our website, genztoday.com. That website again is genztoday.com. See you next time on Gen Z Today. Gen Z Today.